Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are the internet's okayest podcast about movies. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have an amazing panel with me today, taking some time off in the middle of the day to talk to me about this movie. First up, uh, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter in Portland, smoky, miserable Portland, Oregon. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Alex, you neo-sided gynecologist. <laughs> now, hit me back with an insult. Go. Uh, far-sighted proctologist? I just did the formula. For a second, I thought you guys were doing the thing where we say a line from the movie right away. And I was trying to remember where in Hook they say nearsighted gynecologist. Yeah, that's what happened. He says that to Ufio in the the insult contest. It's a very weird line. When the, right before okay, okay. the food fight. Yeah. Phoebe, uh, no, well, I yeah, missed I, it. No, I oh literally, I was like sitting there kind of like paying attention to the movie, but like kind of distracted. But that was one of those lines. Like I stopped and looked up like, what the hell? Yeah, Phoebe, uh, that is exactly what we are doing. Yes. I would, I will pay all of you $300 each to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because here's the thing is, I probably love Hook more than any of you. Mm. And it's embarrassing that I missed that yeah, how do you, yeah, so in he, my he, most recent viewing. He's doing the roast battle with Rufio before the food fight. And um, Rufio is saying, like, good kid insults where it's just, like, gr- it's but, but clean. And yeah, it's snot and boogers. And, yeah. And then Robin is doing, like, he lawyer. Like a little slime thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he does say nearsighted gynecologist, which is a great which like is, you're trying to be a little dirty, but you still want to sneak it into a kids movie. Yeah. Also, like they don't know what that is. You know, like there's not there's not a clinic on you know Neverland. <laughs> what, if they, so, what if what if they find out and they're like, wait a minute, I want to grow up, and then they leave. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> oh, actually, that sounds being an adult sounds pretty rad. Let's check it out. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see if you can remember a line then, since you're the most lover of Hook. Uh, also <laughs> joining us at Phoebe Bottoms on Twitter. She's in Los Angeles, California. Today, less bad air than in Portland. I'm, I'm going to stop dwelling on this, but I just hate it right now. Uh, it's Phoebe Bottoms. Hey, you're my happy memory. Aww. Oh, Which one? Yeah. Which one of us? All, just all of you together, just in the moment right now. Do you see how easy that was? Because he picked one of his two children to be his happy yeah. memory. It was the firstborn, oh, yeah. first though. It's affirming the fact that he wanted to be a father. That's totally fair. It's cute, but also Maggie could be a happy thought. How did he not... It, like, First of all, that he never yeah. thought of his children until that moment. And then second of all, in the moment, he was like, becoming a dad with Jack, not but, both of my children. But he, Maggie didn't defect to be a pirate. So like, he's got <laughs> a little more work to do. Yeah, but that should be Jack a happier Fred. thought. The kid that sticks by you versus the kid who takes... 48 no. hours to forget you exist. But he's got fucking character. And he's got a cool hat now. Wouldn't you a feathered cap? <laughs> yeah, it's like, think of it this way. Tiger Woods has uh, probably siblings, but his dad thinks about Tiger Woods the most, you know? <laughs> I'm saying I've For seen sure. Jack's baseball <laughs> skills. And, you know, he's... You know, we forget that deep down, Pan is a businessman. He he's is. thinking about he's thinking about those billion dollar contracts Jack's going to get playing for the the it, Yankees. It's one day. true. Nobody I, ever thinks about Earl Woods Jr. 
or Kevin Dale Woods, and definitely not about Royce Renee Woods. I mean, come on. No. Uh, but yeah, you know that's <laughs> Those are his actual that kids. would be his his dad's happy p- thought too, you know? Even Earl Tyga. Woods doesn't think about Earl Woods Jr. That's his actual dad. Sorry, I just Googled faster than you guys. Anyway, um, also joining us today, you guys, to round out the panel, very special guest, at KT Nuggin on Twitter, also in shitty Portland. It's Katie Wynn. Yeah, Katie Wynn. I am a daddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm a daddy. I'm a daddy. I, uh, I think that it's just also weird that it took him that long to remember that he's happy having a family. I guess, I don't know. I don't have kids. None of us have kids, so we don't know. That's <laughs> abusing his children he tells them to shut up and leave him alone yeah yeah he's I mean, not his a great children do his children do create fan fiction of him dying in a plane crash so. <laughs> fan <laughs> fiction mean, is a great name for what they did yeah that was pretty yeah. brutal and like he went to five baseball games but not the one with santa and his kids like super pissed about it Anyway, it's uh, the most important game of the season, Alex. I have, uh, I have uh, so much love for this movie, and also this was fun because it's the first time I've seen it as an adult, and so I have way more thoughts on his adult life than I previously did, including the fact that, like, I don't know, sometimes people, parents have to work, and you might just get over that. Yeah, I don't think it did a great job portraying the fact that most of the time both parents cannot show up to an eight a.m. Yeah, baseball game? weekday baseball game. Yeah, and also, like, just, I mean, it's really about establishing boundaries, I think, because if he had said, hey, kids, look, daddy can't make day baseball games, daddy's working for a living, but I'm going to do all these other things with you, it would have been better. The promising and not showing up is hard, but, like, just work for, you got people got to work, adults have to work. Anyway, uh, speaking of work, let's get into ours. This is episode number 454 of the program. We've now done as many episodes as the number of original scripted series that aired in the U.S. on all networks combined in 2016. There you go. Yeah. Fascinating. Isn't that interesting? Bada boom. Yeah. It's yeah. up from uh, 420 in 2015. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 389 the year before. And then last year, 2017, we hit 487 total scripted series, original mm-hmm. scripted series. This is a lot. And we're getting close. So there's to no, TV. it's not going to plateau at any point, is it? It's going to... I mean, it's got to at some point, presumably, because like I'm watching maybe two of those. So like, well, there's a new streaming service with 80 unique shows every month, <laughs> right? So yeah. at this rate of exponential growth, it should never stop, right? It does I seem only, like I only watched CISO, so <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I have no way to relate to anybody. You have more. No warning. Now you have more time. Yeah. It is kind of amazing that there's so many scripted original shows, and the four of us here not on shows. That's a very depressing point. You Eventually, make, it's going to engulf us. It's going to be so big that we will just be in a show and not even realize it. <laughs> hey, man! But that's the show of life. Anyway, you know? <laughs> speaking of creative peaks, this week we're talking about Hook, the 1991 Steven Spielberg pirate movie. I was almost, an, I would call it a pirate epic, in fact, because I thought it was 90 minutes. Turns out it's the uh, bulky uh, 140 minutes. So, um, two hours and 12, Yeah, right? so, yeah. yeah, 220, yeah, it's a long movie. including credits. Yeah, it's long. Um, uh, starring Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts, Maggie Smith, and a bunch of kids you'll never hear of ever again. And uh, we're doing this because it's wet month on the program. Happy wet month, you all. Uh, get wet, stay wet. Can wet I... Month. Can I pick a bone very quickly? Yes. Uh, 
two kids you're never going to hear about again? Instead Not of- the case. That's my favorite little boy actor from the 90s. He's the son. And what about Bob? And I adore him. Oh, wait, this is and Jack? He's the, he's the grown-ass nerd in uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Or Can't Hardly this Wait, is, right? We're talking about Jack? Yeah, he uh, went to Harvard and became a scientist or something. Oh, good oh, for him. Turncoat, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I would expect eventually is that they would all do that. Um, most, I, I was thinking of the, the Lost Boys. I spent a while digging into the Lost Boys and where they are now. And where they are now is mostly not acting. Well, that's because they don't want to be found. Alex is in the name. All right, <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, my favorite uh, Hollywood fact that I learned this week is that the fat kid from Goonies is like a legendary entertainment lawyer. No, yeah. really? Yeah, because he oh, got wow. he got like really screwed on a deal right after Goonies, and then never got a movie ever again. And he was so mad that he went to law school and became an entertainment lawyer to help He's people like- who are, get screwed out of bad deals. He's like yeah. litigious Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's litigious Batman. I learned that because I was working this weekend with Ben Bailey, the guy from Cash Cab, and he brought all of the deadliest catch captains to our shows. Whoa. All these wow. crab boat captains showed up, and I, as you know, if you listen to the show, am a huge fan of Deadliest Catch. And so I was just like, what? Jonathan Hillstrand from the Time Bandit? What are you doing here? And it turns out Ben Bailey hooked them up. They, they got it screwed on their deal the first year, and he hooked them up with the kid from Goonies, litigious Batman, to get them out of their shitty deals, and now they love uh, they love Goonies kid, and they love uh, Ben Bailey because he's helped them does, with that. Does he all of his closing arguments are they just the truffle shuffle, and then everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, we can't stay mad at you." And does then they, it, does and the they defense win. have anything else to say? No. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> he gets. <laughs> He gets extra money for doing it. His, his well, give him whatever he like needs. Give it to him. $70,000 to do the truffle shuffle in front of a judge. The jurors bribe him to do it's it. It's weird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's wet month. Happy wet month, you guys. This And this topic was voted for by our meat buddies. It was the winner of our meat buddy wet month vote. Uh, poll. All over. If you want to become a meat buddy and vote on what we're going to watch in our themed months, go to read-weep.com slash meat buddies. And you could... Uh, uh, help pick from a list of uh, of nearly infinite movies about water come next wet month. Uh, and actually, I mentioned this last week, but the final movie of wet month was come came down to Battleship, 2012 movie versus Little Mermaid, and hmm. the Meat Buddies edged Battleship. So Battleship's wow. going to be the movie next week. See, this is and if you're of mad course. about that decision, become a Meat Buddy right now. Read Dutchman becomes. Is that Rihanna buddy. in that? Yeah, she Apparently is. Apparently, she is. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. God, I Rihanna, gotta watch it again. Taylor Kitsch, the greatest acting pair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me summarize uh, this film for you. Let me summarize Hook for you in case you haven't seen it since it first came out um, back in 91. Uh, so, and you guys feel free to jump in, make corrections. You know how it works. Robin Williams stars as Peter Banning, a powerful corporate attorney who's working on the most important deal of his career, but at the same time, not being a very good dad. So he, uh, including taking a phone call during his daughter Maggie's play, which is like doubly rude because the play is literally about him. And as also at the time, uh, an extravagant show of wealth to pull out a cell phone oh, in the 1991 true. play. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, we live in a world in which pulling out a cell phone doesn't turn heads. But <laughs> It's uh, funny it, how that's become kind of a low-class thing to do yeah. now. And at the time, uh, it was like, there's only rich people can do this. Yeah, it's a real 1991, like, oh, 
Look at this guy. He's such a suit. He carries a <laughs> cell phone. He's got a telephone in his pocket. Yeah. Well, uh, also 1991, uh, the fact that a cell phone holster could possibly be considered cool or a toy you want to play with. <laughs> yeah. Really dates this movie. Yeah. Although I will say I saw uh, an iPhone X on a holster today out in public. Uh, and that is a big and it's not belt shaped. So it kind of like sticks out perpendicular to your body it's a weird look but people are still it's doing not it about, it's not about holding in the holster it's about pulling it out of the holster and an extravagant aggressive show of yeah what's your quick quick action how fast can you get it out yeah like those two guys that's what you do it that's what the high-powered people do i was Dave. okay i love that scene um but i thought they would try to call each other or something but they just it was just a draw and then you just say phones or whatever and then it's over it feels like yeah It'd be better if you you had to quick draw and then press call and whoever got the busy signal lost or something. I will say that you could not do with the smartphone today the same thing that Peter does when his wife tells him to not take the call. And he stares at her and he slowly pulls out the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> also an extravagant maneuver. Uh, I like that. Um, where are we? Okay, so. Oh, he, the other thing he doesn't do. Also kind of extravagant. He doesn't go to son's weirdo Santa-themed baseball game. And uh, because if you've been to one, you've been to them all. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing that this kid doesn't seem to appreciate is that his baseball games are boring. Yeah. <laughs> Dressed up or no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the uh, yeah, umpire Santa's fun, but like you guys suck at baseball. Um, yeah. But he does send another extravagant power group power movie sends his assistant with a uh, VHS camcorder to come record the baseball game. Resourceful. Uh, yeah. That put, that's almost more energy than actually going to the game that takes more coordination and attention than like yeah. physically showing up also it does sort of show like you do care about this game yeah because the idea of watching a little league baseball game later like on tape delay no one's <laughs> tivoing little league kid what if the what if the camera's empty oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, just making him feel like he's popular yeah so this is the dysfunctional family we find peter banning in uh, which is uh, unnerving, actually, by the way, that his name is Banning, because I just thought it was Panning, with a P, for 20 years plus, and now I found out it was Banning when I looked at it online. You remembered his last name over the last 20 years? Yeah, Peter yeah, Panning. I like that you were attached to it enough that you were like, I was. <laughs> I was. I was so upset, because Pan Panning, but it's Pan Banning, which doesn't sound as good. Um, I guess. Also, you're like... You're much more of a fan of Peter Panning than Peter Pan, right? Peter Pan's an irresponsible child not doing uh, his responsibilities. Peter Panning, he's your personal hero, right? He's uh, got a cell phone, a job, big, powerful attorney. I mean, I <laughs> do kind of like, like Peter Banning. He's charming and his... Uh, we'll talk about it. Anyway, so he's in. this is his life. But he and his family are going to London for a brief uh, trip uh, to throw a party for an old woman named Wendy who started an orphanage for lost boys, including Peter. And uh, all of this is feeling very Peter Pan-like. Uh, and then Wendy tells the kids, also, I'm the Wendy from Peter Pan. Um, Played <laughs> by the uh, magnificent Maggie Smith, who this movie made such a weird impression because... Maggie Smith has grown into the age she plays in this yes. movie. I was going to say, isn't she but... in age makeup? Yes, she yeah. is. Oh, yeah. She's oh, old. yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. But she's, I just thought ago. she was always old, but she was exactly. just playing. I thought, she, I thought she hatched out of an egg at like 300 <laughs> and was just sustained <laughs> for years. I think, so that, yeah, she's like, she was born 70 and just got around to cat, to catching up with that number. Yeah. 
this That's movie fascinating. has always done that to me, in which I have always assumed this is what Meg, because like she looks younger in like the first Harry Potter movie, which was yeah. like, 11 yeah. years after this, yeah, than she does in this movie. Oh, um, maybe she's Benjamin I, Buttoning. So, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's just Hollywood makeup, but Benjamin Button's also a fairly likely Alex. I'd say, you know, 50-50 shot. <laughs> I think they did get a makeup uh, Academy Award nomination, so that sounds like maybe yeah. more likely than than What if what if there's a picture somewhere of Maggie Smith staying the same age? Yeah, old. She's just sure. staying old like the whole Dorian time. Like a Dorian Gray thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just I love the idea of us talking about uh, how we just assume she was old and the idea that like people saw her in this movie and were like they made Maggie Smith look so old. That That's os- true. that deserves Oscar award winning. That's true. Like, or That's old face. Here's another theory. She's Benjamin Buttoning. And they claimed it was makeup to cover it. Oh. And that's why no, they got she's this. she's so smart. <laughs> so they, uh, they're in London. They throw this big party. And uh, despite the tension that he, uh, Peter is having with his wife and kids, he gives a very moving speech at the dinner for her. And it's super lovely. And I might have cried a little bit. Um, and uh, But while they're out at this fun adult party, the kids are at home asleep in bed. And Captain Hook shows up with a gang of pirates. Uh, no, a, a bright green light and a gust of wind shows up. That's Alex. true. And then uh, the markings of uh, uh, some sort of pirate activity has taken place. Anyway, apparently they crossed the ethereal plane and stole the children, whatever's happening. <laughs> uh, it was kind of weird, but they took the kids uh, because you see Peter Banning is actually the real Peter Pan. What? Despite- but he finds out by his who he thinks his grandmother uh, hits on him. Yeah, yeah, he almost kisses him. Yeah, yeah, which honestly would be less intimate than what she does with her finger on his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. There's a I lot mean, of weird yeah. age play in this too, because uh, yeah. he ended up marrying he his his actual wife is his former kind of girlfriend Wendy's grandchild. Yep, and they were both yeah. thirteen in body, although Peter Pan was like 150 years old. And uh, well, so- I mean, I would argue he's sort of more frozen. Like it's not like frozen mentally and physically. you don't think like, he's had any he experience. Aged, he aged from baby to thirteen in Neverland. Yeah, but he. Oh, yeah, that's a good point too. That's that, weird. But it's it's not like a like a Edward Bella type thing when he's like fully aware is. and has no because he ha- doesn't have the maturity. Like he's they're more like frozen. In, I guess that's like, true. In a timeless Okay, thing, right? okay, you've like, convinced me, but let me move on to problem number two, which is that him and his wife were apparently dating since they were 13. There's yeah, no yeah. way that works. That's how they did how? it back then. You just start grooming. In 1982. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in Neverland for so long, that dude wasn't looking for any more pussy. He slayed <laughs> pipe for like a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you saw the way those mermaids came up to him yeah. and were like, we know the drill when Peter shows up. <laughs> you got Wendy, you got Tiger Lily, you've got the mermaids. Like, you said... He, his, his dick was a billion years old by the time he was yeah. human 13. I yeah. you, you said that I saw that, Anthony, but really, I I felt it. Yeah. Those mermaids kissing Peter. Whew. Um, uh, so the, the, anyway, Peter's kids are gone and, and he, and it's because of Captain Hook. And so uh, he has to go to Never Neverland where he swore oh. he would never grow old, but now he's growing old. Before that, uh, we have to acknowledge the first of this movie's very strange cameos, which oh. is Phil Collins as the police detective. 
no. who is very dismissive about uh, <laughs> really? the kid. Oh, yeah. Phil Collins? Yeah, Are you Phil serious? Collins. Yeah, Phil Collins is the cop that comes to the house. The I guess Ex- well, Inspector he, Good, the British police detective. No kidding. He called in the night, guys. Did yeah. you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he was really out there. He's too busy looking for that guy who watched the other dude drowning to like help these kids. You know? <laughs> yeah, because this could just be an elaborate prank because kids love to do that. Yeah, scratch the walls with a hook. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I wish, man, I wish I had another Phil Collins joke. You guys did really good on those two, but I'm out. Roxanne, <laughs> oh yeah, they, they, they didn't they didn't have to put on the red light the whole time. Anyway, so we, he's in the police, right? No, he was in Genesis. God damn it! All right. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> good effort. Uh, so. Uh, Tinkerbell shows up though and tells him all this stuff that hey you're Peter Pan you gotta come she drags him uh, away to Never Neverland to become the Peter Pan that he used to be and uh, followed uh, by the next weird cameo in the movie George Lucas and Carrie Fisher are the couple who float on the bridge what? no way this. yeah uh, well a lot of these cameos I knew ahead of time so like the Glenn Close David Crosby and Phil Collins are pretty obvious where's Glenn Close Glenn Close is the pirate in the beard who gets pit in the box with the scorpion Jesus yeah she's gutless the guy who the male pirate who's punished by hook all right everybody get in your googles yeah no kidding that is absolutely Glenn Close and then David Crosby is the guy who gets hit in the dick with the uh board you are rocking my world. Wait, oh my you're not even—you're not even mentioning Jimmy Buffett as the pirate who attempts to steal Peter's shoes. Yeah, the, the, I did not know about the Jimmy Buffett. Is that real? Yeah, Uncre- I, I uncredited. Didn't know about the other I had Apparently, no idea all the pirates Buffett. are famous people, and we just—it's sort of like the yeah. uh, what a weird music video this movie is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Um, Can oh, I? Oh, it'd be something? perfect because because he's a pirate, so we would have a parrot with him. And that parrot oh, would have yeah. a parrot head. Jimmy Buffett, right? That's true. Yeah. That's a good one. I don't know if it beats Can You Feel It Coming in the Night. No, it doesn't have to beat. It's We're all on the same team. Oh, we're a teammate. <laughs> we're building something it's together. It's a teammate system. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you. I thought I had read that this is p- strictly adversarial <laughs> when I signed on. I mean, a lot of podcasts are, um, but this one doesn't have to be. This is a friendship thing that you're going for. Yeah, I can feel that. So Peter shows up and there's all these weird cameos and there's pirates. I'm and- so- Sorry, Alex, yes, may I so quickly yes. just say my great displeasure with Hook and maybe any movie is Julia Roberts, just before we get too what? far oh, yeah. from it. I hate her what? in this. It's insane and- to me that anyone gave her this job what? and it takes me out of it. Yeah, See, her wig thing- is awful in this movie. It's Everything. so oh, man. Yeah, well, her fucking her fish lips, get out of here. I... <laughs> Man, I think I like I find Julia Roberts charming most of the time, and her when she becomes giant Tinkerbell, uh, early sexual awakenings for me. This movie was very important to my sexual development as a ten year old. Sheeple, Alex Sheeple is what I say. This also (laughs) another one of the famous things about Hook, right? Is how like famously awful Julia Roberts was apparently on the during the production of this movie. What do you mean? Nobody knows that. Please tell us. Yeah, what do you mean famously? (laughs) Do you live in Hook Archives? <laughs> no. No, it's just like another the official <laughs> Hook archivist, Anthony Lopez, does a little podcast. 450 like, episodes in, we get managed to get around to talking about the thing he cares about most in it, the world. It was always Please one of the me. things. Like, she was just like a giant de- Like, Steven Spielberg, there's like, he has had quotes saying about how much she was a nightmare to work with and like 
She would refuse to come down to set at one point. She they had, barely need her. Yeah, they barely. But they, uh, she had someone. A real famous thing about this movie is she had uh, a uh, a PA or like an assistant whose sole job was to keep her feet clean because she's barefoot <laughs> the whole movie. So they would have someone come and wash her feet between each take. What is she? Like Jesus? She demanded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the assistant had to use as, had to use her hair to wash Julia Roberts' feet. Uh, like Steven Spielberg is even. There's a bunch of quotes of him talking about how much of a nightmare she was on the production of this okay, movie. Okay, so she that's like, fair. I didn't know that, uh, and I, I still like her in it, but I do think at some point he should have looked at her and said, listen, lady, you're normally played by a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> you're lucky I mean, that you're here at all. Her whole weird <laughs> love plot line is completely pointless and doesn't go anywhere in yeah. the film. Although... It just takes up ten minutes. Since we're doing fun facts, uh, I did read that her dialogue was entirely rewritten by Carrie Fisher. Yes, oh. that that's apparently another... wasn't very good originally. And that's, yeah. that's a Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah. It's, you it's either true. get Carrie well, Fisher or you get a laser pointer with like those party <laughs> wax lips. Yeah, well, <laughs> that another hook fact I know: Carrie Fisher was originally cast as Tinkerbell, but had to drop out for some reason. Oh, but she was uh, Steven Spielberg's first choice, so I think that's why she rewrote the dialogue. Was mm. when she was. Going to, but sense. she did a lot of rewrite, uncredited rewrite. Uh, yeah, I know that's, that's something I've like, I've learned recently, which is just incredible. Um, yeah, I wish she, you guys could see my face responding to Anthony's <laughs> like endless. And I also love that you preface it by like another famous fact about this. Well, none of these things are anything. You're making these up for all I know. No. They're not on like they're not on a Snapple cap. Just going <laughs> In the American lexicon. <laughs> this is the dynamic of our podcast, Phoebe, is that Anthony knows a lot of things and assumes I everyone else it. does. It makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, I, let's, let's finish this up, uh, this summary. So, um, uh, okay, so Peter shows up. Uh, the pirates are there. They want to kill Peter. That's their whole thing. But uh, he's such a bummer. It's not, it's not sporting to murder him. <laughs> and so uh, Hook is about to kill him. And then he's like, no, you know what? I'll give... Uh, Tinkerbell, uh, with her clean feet, I'll give you uh, three days to train him. To guess him. what? To pretty woman him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, have to, you have three days to pretty woman him so that I can murder him. Um, yeah, we have a... We have which Glenn is what Richard... Yeah, which is what Richard... <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, Anthony, okay. Glenn Close joke, and then we'll catch up with Phoebe. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that like we have Glenn Close in a box full of scorpions so we can keep ourselves entertained for three <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be a problem. Uh, Phoebe, what were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say that was originally Richard Gere's plan too, but <laughs> whatever. So, My, Anthony's is funnier. Let's keep going. Yeah, we. this is how we... It's not funny. We're on the same team. Yeah, I know. I, like, I just love that joke. It's fun. I do like the idea of a v- original draft of Pretty Woman that he just wanted to kill a prostitute yes. and decided to give her three days. To- <laughs> Get a she wasn't woman. a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> it was oh just it was, yeah. Pretty Woman was way closer to American Psycho in its first draft, yeah. but you know Hollywood got a hold of it. Really, I would watch that HBO series so hard, but <laughs> with them still playing their own characters. And then it transitions into Runaway Bride, but it's a totally different movie with the same title. <laughs> so, so, okay, okay, okay. So uh, they give her three days to Pretty Woman him, um, and then, but then they accidentally knock him overboard, uh, and then he gets kissed by a series of mermaids, and it's a very sexually charged scene. Yeah. Mm. Um, and 
he's eventually picked up by the Lost Boys, who are now led by this dope-ass kid named Rufio, who has some sort of windsurfing skateboard on a track. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Is he picked up by the Lost Boys, though? Because he arrives, and Tink is like, oh, you're still alive? She's just sleeping totally soundly. And then all the Lost Boys are super alarmed that there's someone even there. This is true. It's more like like the the trees gather him and drop him off in the Lost Boys' home, and then they're like, who's the shrub? That's pretty much it. But it's not like they uh, actually on purpose do that. They Uh, think he's dead. Yeah, they, 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 well, and they don't, yeah, they don't, they think actual Peter Pan is dead, uh, anyway, but they have to train him, so it's time to train, um, so the kids just train him by mercilessly bullying Peter, um, until he learns to be Peter Pan again, so it turns out, important lesson from the 90s, that shit works, Mm -hmm. uh, just be mean to anybody until they get, they make themselves better. And it was all fat shaming, too. It was a lot of weight shame, although, uh... Yeah, I mean the movie because they also like the one of the main Lost Boys is uh, Thudbutt, um, and <laughs> that's my boy. Thud, yeah. Thudbutt is so delightful, uh, yeah, yeah. but his power, his superpower, is that he can turn into a ball of boy and roll down and, and knock everybody over. Um, gets kind of a tough uh, edit on this film, I think. He gets a hard time, but then eventually he gets the sword and becomes New Peter Pan, so it's a pretty good deal. Um, that is great. And becoming a human ball is like the best thing you can be. Yeah. <laughs> is it? I don't know. That's what I think. I'm striving for it. Um, so uh, at some point during this, Tinkerbell confesses her love for Peter while she's temporarily embiggened. And Which is weird because it means that she was in love with a little boy. He was a child. Yes. Very weird age play. Not into it. Uh, she was like a, a, a teacher figure to him. Um, yeah. She saved him. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird power dynamics. Also, she was very tiny, which would have been sexually quite awkward. Yeah. Yeah, I like how she was like, I've never been big enough for this feeling before. And I'm like, does that mean, are you talking about being horny? Like, <laughs> I'm finally I mean, large enough to be horny, Peter. But you guys have seen, you, you guys have seen like a child churn a butter stick, right? I mean, it's kind of the same ratio <sighs> and technology. It'd be, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be more like climbing a fireman's pole. That's really wide. That's fair. Uh, I mean, and it's but it's like they're all pre-Jewish adulthood before then, so that might not have even been a part of it. It would have didn't. It would have been for sure been dangerous. That's the important thing. Um, yeah. But she's finally been able to be horny. But he's like, no, I can't because oh, I forgot. I have a wife and family. That's my happy thought. One of my two children. Sorry, Maggie. And so now he can fly because he had his happy thought. Uh, so now he's all trained up and he's ready to go. Somewhere along the way, he learned swordplay, which I don't remember. Um, uh, meanwhile, while all this is happening, Hook is trying to win the battle using the metagame. So instead of winning the fight with P- with Peter, he decides to just make Peter's son into his son. It's and it, so good. It's it, such a good idea. It's mm-hmm. it's a solid Hoax plan. Minds, hoax and minds. <laughs> exactly. Although you know, we're since we're the audience, we can uh, acknowledge it really was Smee's idea. So we got to give Smee credit. What a great idea! I always give Smee credit. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, they're they're a team. You know. Well, but, yeah. but Captain Hook claims it's his own idea, and I don't like that as a management style. I think it's important to give credit <laughs> where credit's due. Can I say that the scenes with those two guys are the most fun? Yes. And you can just oh, tell yeah. they're having a blast. Oh, yeah. What they're a delightful so, pair. The I'm going to kill myself scene, I watched three times. <laughs> so yeah. funny. So for you, it's yeah. a it's a two-hour and 40-minute movie because you got to keep yeah. going over the suicide <laughs> scene. Uh, yeah, that's the scene. It's a two-hour and Smee-minute movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh, uh, Hook has basically won the kid over. There's anyway, uh, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys show up. All the pirates show up. Big fight, and it's almost entirely a non-lethal um, fight. There's a lot of eggs and and uh, ruckus that they create. Um, mostly just embarrassing each other, knocking them off the boat, and then Rufio Captain slices a guy. Rufio slices a guy, and then Captain Hook stabs him to death. Mm-hmm. So if you forgot that part of the children's movie where Captain Hook murders a child, uh, it's there. And then Peter uh, like is about to kill Captain Hook, and then all the kids are like, no, don't murder someone in front of me. And so... <laughs> Actually, no, they were just like, hey, I want to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, can they we wrap this up? <laughs> I, uh, I want to watch TV back at the... Uh, uh, pile of leaves so if you could just not kill him we got to get going um but so peter kills him in the safest way which is by turning his back and then an alligator falls over and eats it a dead alligator it's kind of confusing but it allows peter to be largely blameless which is pretty good um well i okay so re-watching this i had never considered did captain hook just climb into the big hollowed out alligator and then make a burping sound and be like (laughs) I was going to wait for everyone to leave. I'm in here. <laughs> Nobody knows I'm in here. Crawls out later. That's what it looks like. I never noticed, like, as a kid, because it, it's like, yeah, he got eaten. But then I was, like, watching it, and I was like, that's actually a pretty clever plan of yeah. just being, like, yeah. just climbing in, making a book noise, and being like, I can't believe that worked. Start a new life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I just live inside this alligator now. Or he and then just- the Take- sequel is him like leaving Neverland and like working at a Radio Shack. Yeah, it's just like the opening of Better Call Saul. This is him at a right. Baskin Robbins managing it. <laughs> uh, well, I, I do want to talk more about that, so save that for our game later about the immediate aftermath of this movie. Um, but in, anyway, at the meantime, Peter goes back home with his kids, and uh, everything seems fine. Um, Although I presume at some point uh, him and his wife have, a, or him and Wendy at least have a long conversation about the racist implications of the story about them. And that's the movie. That's the Yay! movie. Uh, I love it. I love it so much, but let's do a specific I love. So love. I, this, is, okay. I, this is like the, one of the happiest I've been on the show. I like just adored this movie since I was a kid and I loved, I, I felt like, well, actually we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I'm going to make a note here to come back to that question. But in the meantime, let's do a specific thing we love. Let's do a compliment. It's time for our compliment tostada for the summer. We're only doing the one. So everyone has to say one major compliment about the movie. Anthony, why don't you go first? I know this is going to be hardest for you. So what's your major compliment for Hook? Well, uh, so my major compliment, it's not going to be super hard because it's the thing I sort of mentioned last week, uh, which is the main thing about this movie uh, that I really love. Is it? It has one of John Williams' best scores. Which is saying something. It's yeah. the music in Hook is fucking unbelievable. And like just re-watching it and hearing the score again, it's just like it's such a better score than the movie deserves. Um mm. I, like, like the movie is not hold on, you don't like Hook? I think it's like a mid-tier, like a lower-tier Spielberg kids but movie. But you know so much about it. <laughs> I know a lot about a lot of Listen, stuff. Listen, Phoebe, if you spent the last 20 years in the archive of a movie, you would start to resent it a little bit. No, it's not even that. I don't even like... I. Like, he has to watch I, Hook every day of his life. Like, at some point, yeah. it's going to start wearing on you. I haven't seen Hook since I was very young. Um, and Weird. I've never had, like... The deep nostalgia for it. I think, Alex, uh, you and I had a conversation once about, like, uh, the Goonies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how, like, if you don't have, like, a deep nostalgia for it, it's kind of hard to go back to as an adult. And that's how I feel about Hook. Like, I never 
was really into this movie as a kid and then as an adult is just like, eh, it's okay. I, I, it doesn't seem like a Steven Spielberg movie besides the sort of like saccharine stuff, but like the even action and sword fighting is not great. The plotting's weird. First act's fun and the score's great, but it's not. I, uh, I, I'm really interested in this idea of does stuff hold up, and so we're kind of talking about that. I was going to make that a separate segment, but since we're here, really quick, I, I mean, I have the nostalgia, and I can't separate myself from that. I loved it when I was a child, but I felt like I feel like I'm definitely. I have an easy time letting stuff go. If something, if I like something as a kid and I watch it, it's bad. I'm happy to throw it away. And I felt like this held up. I thought it was delightful, especially the production design, which is just incredible. The set is so fun. Everything is fucking fun. I was, uh, I did not realize until yesterday that people did not have a unanimous and universal fondness for this. No, movie. apparently Steven Spielberg hates it. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought everyone loved it. Yeah. And then I came into it. And I was like, well, maybe it's not as good as I remember. Ten minutes in, I'm like, it's fucking great. It's so good. Julia Roberts is awful, but that almost makes it I don't it even give you fun. that. I won't even give you that. I thought it, I, I have no, except the I age thing is, is the only thing that I had real weird time with. And the fact that they're not acknowledging that this is based on like a real racist book. Uh, but I did, in, I did enjoy the whole thing of it. I thought almost everything, even the stuff that didn't make sense is still just lovely and cool and weird and like the chicken gun. Anthony, you know, in the last battle, one of the Lost Boys has a gun that shoots eggs, but it also has yeah. a live chicken sitting on top of it reloading the gun. How do you not love that? No, it's like that stuff's like, okay. I mean, I guess like, it just, especially when you look at like other really good Spielberg action scenes, like all of Hook just feels so lazy and phoned in to me. Like, I don't know. It just feels like, um, I, I can't. Just, yeah. I, I just don't have the nostalgia for this film. I it's do it's love, not just nostalgia. You got five Oscar nominations. So it's not. They like, built a roller coaster for Christ's they sake. They did. They built a wind powered <laughs> roller coaster. Uh. <laughs> Um, Look, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because we're all friends. Yes, I'm on the team. But I don't. I don't know. I guess I get it. I guess I get it. It's a mm. it's a sloppy movie, but yeah. there's so much that I love yeah. in it, well, and I think it's so incredible yeah. looking, and all the performances are great. You can't beat a Spielberg child direction. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's like my my thing. It's like uh, a lower tier Spielberg is still better than like whole filmmaker's filmography you know yes. what i mean like, yeah. there are still elements to this movie that i i really do enjoy like uh bob hoskins and dennis Hoffman Ho- yes. in particular are yes. having so much fun and really uh the sets do look really nice i just i don't know i think it's like a. all right well let's, this let's do some more positive anthony before i just want to cut you off real quick because we got to finish running out of time and i want to do some more compliment tostadas so katie what's your specific compliment your big compliment for hook um i think a lot of a lot of the movies for like kids and stuff is something clearly for the parents but i feel like in a lot of ways this movie was more for the parents like it was all about the midlife crisis which was kind of interesting and they showed like the real diversity of the midlife crisis you know like you can burn out at work go to a fantasy land and make out with women who aren't your wife or you can or you can threaten suicide and uh brainwash (laughs) and you know your stepkids against their parents yeah so there's a lot of options out there (laughs) I love that. Actually, I, I'm just going to springboard off that because I think that's perfect. And one of my 
my compliments this is the first time i've seen it as an adult and so all there's all this stuff that i loved as a kid that i still loved like i think the the food fight scene is brilliant and i think the lost boys are really fun and i'm hard on child actors but they were by and large just a great group um but here's the thing so i want to do something i didn't notice as a kid so here's my adult compliment which is that his his job that he's so upset with if actually he's not even burned out his wife is burned out on his job he seems to really genuinely like his job and i mean some owls are giving him a trouble some trouble but for the most part he seems to have a good staff that works with him well, that yeah my comment was for his coworkers. his coworkers seem rad like mm-hmm. he is overworked but his off- office culture is super positive he's getting ready to go on a vacation they know he's afraid of flying and like 10 people are at the elevator sending him off saying like have a great vacation planes are actually much safer than you think like it was so positive and delightful, and then that like the the holster duel was like it's just cute and nice, and like I actually, I mean, I this is a, a thing that does bother me is this idea in kids movies that all parents must hate their jobs uh, because mm-hmm. it seems like actually if he had a little bit better work life balance, he's good at what he does and could really enjoy it, and that could be very healthy for an adult to have. So, but I just enjoyed his work culture. I thought it was pretty fun. That's my major. I compliment. mean, it's presented as like. The people are presented as nice, but it's described as being like a pirate. And the kid says, any resistance whatsoever, any resistance. He talks to like small <laughs> companies yeah, getting yeah. caught by him. And one point he says, I'm not that kind of lawyer, but he totally is because he's all about, I mean, even the kid understood that it was about smashing the little companies or absorbing them. Yeah, so he's he's in this like 80s leveraged buyout world, it seems like, although... Mergers and acquisitions. Mergers and acquisitions, yeah, cool. Uh, M&A lawyer. Uh, I... I feel like uh, that could be done evilly or it could be for good. So, um, maybe, yeah, maybe the problem is he was just on the wrong side of his job, but he could be doing a good job with good coworkers at a at a better job. But, like, how did those – those people were so nice. Those weren't corporate raiders, right? They no, were too he nice. he was the boss, too. When, he, when you show them, it's that classic thing where they're walking the hallway, he's in the front, everybody walks behind him at the same pace. Yeah. A little parade behind him. Yeah. All right, anyway, Phoebe, what's your major compliment? Man, the food scene. Yeah. The food fight it's is just so like, good. When I, when I think about like film and television food moments, which I do every night <laughs> as I'm falling asleep, <laughs> this is like the one I think of. It's so good. It's so good. And it's so like communal and sweet. They're like wooden bowls I always fantasized about as a kid because it just seems so like primitive and fun to eat with your hands like goop yeah they were eating brightly colored goop it's a perfect uh it's a perfect food fight scene those are so hard to do um and peter's like he's like robin williams like on the table full-on like full-armed throwing goop at children for real it's all it's all practical and gross and fun yeah any of you ever been in a food fight or anything close to it close to it yeah it's incredible was it as good as it seems? Because I, yeah. I, you talking about this, I, I was just that scene is like one that I do have a fondness for. Uh, just like the whole way it's executed with like the way the food appears, I think it's really clever. Yeah. But I was watching it and I was like, man, food fights would probably be really fun. Really fun. It is fun. I agree. It seems like a good time. I've never been there, but it would be nice. Also, just the way Thudbutt looks at him and says, "You're doing it, Peter." Uh. <sighs> I do I love this movie. I love Thud, but I want to. Yeah. Can I? Can I say something also? Sure. Just to. Just yes. To put it you don't there. have to ask. You can just say stuff. It's a podcast. 
I love Robin Williams so much, and it makes me so sad. Yeah. And like, has there ever been someone that great who could like pull yeah. this kind of role off? I mean, and it, look, he's done other man-sized child roles before. We've all yeah. seen and tried to forget about Jack, but here we are. <laughs> we just watched Jumanji a couple days ago. Yeah, same thing. But- yeah, it's no Jack, bro. Jack is <laughs> dire. No, no, Jack no. J- Jumanji's great. I mean, it's like we've seen him as a no, big yeah, kid. Yeah. It's great. Yes, of course. But like, I just needed to get a Jack slam in. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, it's it's best to always say, uh, oh, you mean Francis Ford Coppola's Jack? No. Oh, my God. I totally forgot he directed it. Can I? Yeah. Okay. From the director of The Godfather, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> All right, uh, we really are running late, so I gotta I gotta keep moving. But I do want to give you one fun Robin Williams fact since you just said that. Um, and I know not as much about this movie as Anthony does, but here's a fun fact, which is Thud. So uh, it's, I read a lot about Thud Butt and where he is now. Um, and uh, one thing that's interesting is that uh, a lot of the almost all the dialogue with the Lost Boys was improvised. And uh, all of them have said in interviews like that Robin was just so fun and so encouraging of them. And they were all like nervous. And he was like, no, just play. We're having a good time. And um, one part of that is that at the end, when he gives the sword over to one of the Lost Boys, he didn't decide ahead of time who was going to get it. So when he was going around deciding who to give the sword to, and then he chooses Thudbutt, that kid's reaction, 100% genuine. Because he didn't know he got to be new Peter Pan until right then. So it wasn't like best warrior so much as like best improv improviser yeah that was an improviser reward yeah exactly <laughs> uh and that kid like he, he was actually trying to make a uh he didn't do much acting after that but like 15 20 years later he was trying to or 15 years later maybe he was trying to make uh, a short film about his time as Thudbutt, and he uh asked robin williams to be part of it he like wrote to robin and robin called him and was just like hey it's rob love to be in your movie just tell me what to do uh, it was just a prince, a prince yeah. of a guy. Also, also, this. so to be clear, also he did a lot of sexual harassy stuff, and he's also probably kind of an asshole. But, d- but delightful on screen. I know. Yeah, as a yeah. performer, he like there really isn't anyone else like him. He's so no. like uh, incredible in this th- movie. My favorite Robin Williams fact with this movie is just uh, <laughs> wait. Let's we should have an archivist noise, but yeah. So uh, no, uh, guys, this is this <laughs> page is not, turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just a subtle thing, but uh, seeing Robin Williams hairless because him being such a hairy person is such a oh yeah. Like he mm. and like that apparently was like they would have to shave him like multiple times a day because his Are hair would grow. Because Robin Williams, I mean, look at a photo of Robin Williams. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I just waxed it. Who is the, who was the who was the Rob Shaver on that? I because oh they had God. to have him be completely uh, hairless throughout this entire movie. That must have been such a process. All right, I bet that guy uh, shares stories with Julia Roberts' yeah. feet cleaner. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I'm the Rob Shaver. I'm the foot cleaner. Let's hang out. But my someone... mouth is a gate. That's yeah. a wonderful fact, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. You didn't uh, like my fact as much. All right. Anyway. Uh, we're gonna have to put you the fact- ended yours with saying he was like a sexual harasser. I do think it's important to mention that when we talk about. Oh, him. it's not. No, and He's it's dead. Leave him alone. And like mm. I don't know, like I I feel often this is just a side note. You might want to cut this out of the show, but you often <laughs> uh, take uh, things that will like uh, very very subtly related or not fully substantiated, and you tie them into actual uh, abusers and then like me or people, yeah. No, you specifically <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> you do this all the time. You take people who 
or just like you don't know anything about them and you you associate them with it and i think that's damaging to actual abusers mm. who need to be hit on it if you don't know for a fact and can like name specifics and people talk about Bob yeah, his co-star on Mork and Mindy just, said that she he grabbed her body all of the time. Oh, yeah, that's just morking around. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the term. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, morks will be morks. Yeah, <laughs> morks hashtag mork too. All right, <laughs> all right. Now we have to leave it in because of mork too. Great. Yay! Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick ad break and then we'll probably have to say goodbye to Anthony as we finish up the show. But um. Uh, let's do this quick uh, ad break and thank a meat buddy. We'll be right back. All right, so it's time uh, to thank one of our meat buddies. This show is brought to you by all of the wonderful meat buddies who keep the show uh, floating down the tracks. Uh, we have a new meat buddy to thank this week. Um, oh, I guess I didn't clarify. Leah or Leia? Leah or Leia? Anyway, from Kansas City. Which do you guys think? From Kansas City, Leah. Leah. Okay, Leah from Kansas City uh, became a new meat buddy this week um, and said said in an email, thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy it. I'm relatively new to the show, but have gone back through most of the catalog and I really enjoy its various phases, which uh, is such a lovely thing to hear because it's the show is um, always trying to find out what it's about. We're still, we're still, we're 450 episodes in. We're like, what is the show actually about? Um, so I'm glad you've liked the different phases because it's been a long season one, you know? Yeah, <laughs> We've gone through a lot of acts. Um, anyway, so thanks for coming, uh, me, buddy, Leah. Leah asks, uh, I have some large projects coming up at work in the next couple of months uh, that will make things a bit hectic. So a pep talk would be great. So um, what do you guys have to say to keep Leah going? A little pep talk to keep her through her hectic projects at work. Uh, and, uh, and I know you're temp- you'd be tempted to say, just throw your cell phone out the window and become a child. And that's not an option to everybody. No, that's- yeah. Out of context, it's also not great advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like phones, you know, they they're just not gonna they're not biodegradable. They're just gonna rot into the earth. Yeah, it's throw the metals and stuff into the earth. It's a bad scene. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't bury cell phones. Uh, hey, Leah, take a knee, mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. I just want to tell you that, you know, all these big projects, they don't matter, man. Burning Man's in a week. (laughs) (laughs) This is close to what I just said not to do, but I'll allow it. Just, like, say fuck it, set a building on fire, and just head to, just head up to Nevada and disappear for ten days, and then deal with it when you get back. When you get back and you're still cleaning the sands out of the crevices. You got dust lung? Yeah. (laughs) I forgot what it's called. Dear, what's, what's the, what is it? Playa lung. Playa lung. Sorry, yeah. I, I've never been to Burning Man, but my husband goes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Leah, that's my advice. Go get, go get uh, playa lung. That's what you should do. Also, a lot of weird metal art. You'll enjoy it. You know, I'm gonna say the opposite of mm-hmm. advice, in which is embrace the hecticness because it makes time fly by. Yeah, keeps you busy, keeps you focused. There's always something, a new fire to pit out. Uh, I. <laughs> I know as someone who has had a very hectic work schedule the last month or so, um, coming in every day and just knowing everything's a mess and I got to fix it piece by piece uh, has made this time fly by really fast. Yeah. And I want you to remember, eventually, you know, right now you're at a place when your job wants your attention. But that's Mm. fleeting. Eventually, you're going to be chasing after your job (laughs) for attention. So really appreciate it. Very good and subtle. I hope people have seen the movie recent enough to get what you're doing. 
I uh, I agree with that actually though a lot. It's like the worst the times that I'm the saddest is when there's nothing going on. That's just the hardest oh, time. Oh yeah, it's crushing. Uh, it's probably different for us because like uh, we're like project based. Our value our values tied into what we're doing. Exactly. At all times. Yes, and our, we also like what we're doing, and uh, so that means that when it's busy, it's good problems. But right. and when it's not busy, it's like oh the the industry thinks I suck. It's not a yeah. great feeling. But and there, yeah, there's a. A thing I read on Twitter a few days ago that this is very obvious, kind of like pillow, like stitched on the pillow type of thing. But just like to remember, like after bad days, that you never have to do that day again. Uh, <laughs> it's really no, no, that, that's something like sort of thing that you'd like stitch on a pillow and then smother somebody with it. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, it's just like that's kind of stuck with me. It's like, yeah, when things are hectic right now, at the end of that day, like that day is done. It we may have it. sucked, yeah. but you don't have to do that again. Uh, and tomorrow there's going to be new problems, but at the end of that day, you don't got to do that day again. Katie, do you so have any uh, cross-stitch wisdom? Yeah, I, I tend to be very, like, future-thinking countdown-based, so I think in addition to having big countdowns, because only a few months is a lot, but also, like, not, mm-hmm. you know, compared to other things. Um, so, like countdowns years. to... Yeah, count down to the end of the few months, to the end of the project, but also like the little ones, you know, like count down to the weekend where you can get some Olive Garden, or like <laughs> count down to the end of the day when you can get some Olive Garden. Um, Today's episode like, yeah. has been brought to you by Olive Garden. Were you there? Your family? <laughs> no! I was going to say it. Was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm big into countdowns. I'm big into quantifying how much I have left. And, but, yeah. <laughs> how many breadsticks I can eat quantifying that uh <laughs> well yeah. leah you can listen to those guys or you can go disappear in the sands of time yeah. either <laughs> like way said, go to orgy tent city and just lose yourself in a pile of skin oh and honestly realistically the world might not be here in 10 days Thank so you, go Anthony. for it yeah yeah you know? and man I what mean, a place to end the world would be at burning man where it'd be, it always feels like yeah. the world is slightly ending and yeah. then you come well, back I you're mean, like well the whole world is burning man now Yay. Think about it. If you're at if you're at Bony Man when the apocalypse happens, you have a leg up on heading into the Mad Max universe so much quicker than everybody else. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. We're right. just gonna be getting together the shoulder pads by the time you have a caravan of twenty vehicles. <laughs> and everyone knows that's the most important thing to have ready. Yeah, shoulder, shoulder pads. pads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you guys, all right, so thank you, Leah. That was a brilliant pep talk. Leah, I think you're ready for to face all of these upcoming challenges or not as you see fit. Um, if you want a lovely pep talk from our team of um, uh, uh, experts, question yeah. mark? Yeah. Um, sure. a, confident, uh, a confident pep talk from people who seem to know uh, what they're doing, uh, become a meat buddy. Read dashboard.com slash meat buddies, and you, uh, your donations help keep our show floating down the tracks like a ghost train. So yeah. we really appreciate all our meat buddies. Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. All right, Anthony, uh, do you need to bounce now? We have yeah, I'm going to have to take off. Sorry, minutes. I'd have That's to cool. leave you guys. No early. problem. Um, so we're going to finish up this, this up real quick without Anthony. Uh, Anthony. Bye, Anthony. Great Bye. work. Thank uh, you for all the facts. Yes. No worries. Anytime. Unbelievable yeah, contributions for education. Today. Yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to close out with a quick game of lightning bonus round. We're going into lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We got to finish this shit up. So lightning bonus round is our mini game segment where we ask questions and play games inspired by the movie. Um, so I guess my my first thing I, I was so we talked a little bit about this with Anthony. Um, you guys both had some um, 
nostalgia for it. So how does it hold up? What was something that changed for you as an adult versus a kid watching this before? And do you think that if you didn't have love for it, you would feel the way Anthony does? I, one thing I really remember, I do remember, I, I do like the movie, but I do remember that scene when Tinkerbell gets big being really awkward. Oh, man. Like, even as a child, I like it, it felt wrong. Because that thing, when I, and now as I see it as an adult, it's kind of about this like really unrequited love and a really like awful moment because peter's like i gotta save my children yeah and she's also met his new wife and knows about his kid like she's not like she's got to know he's got a situation you can't it's not consistent for her either because she shows up and her thing's like we gotta save your children like it's all she does seem like the helper and then all of a sudden she's selfish she put herself in that friend box and she's just trying to get close to him but (laughs) she should have known let the kids die. It'll make the marriage fall apart, and then she can slip in. That's true. Tiny fairy hands. You know, it's, I know. I know how, how women work. <laughs> it's also possible that that yeah, she just wanted to get him back to Neverland. Neverland assuming get him in one food <gasps> fight, he'll forget everything about his past. What, what if she stole the kids? She she did it. That's <gasps> it. Yeah, there's she, a fun M Night Shyamalan twist for you. Oh, she went to Hook and was like, "Here's what you do." Yeah, and then, he, and then he said, "This is my idea," because that's what he does. Yeah, of course. This is a good theory. It is a good theory. Um, I definitely. I mean, I, I it was. I mean, I was, I was what, probably like eight when this seven when this came out. Um, so it was pretty young. But I, I did not find that scene upsetting at the time. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> look at all this kissing!" <laughs> I don't know what feelings are, but I got them. I'm finally yeah, I'm big, big enough, enough to feel this. <laughs> Yeah, she was not the only thing that got big during that scene. I... Sorry, too far? I wish Anthony was here. Um, so, but yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely found it hot. And I did think the, mer- and I am not a fan of mermaids generally, but the mermaid kissing to give you air. Yeah. I am, I'm currently uh, shaking the top of my shirt, trying to get some it, air it, in it here. It looks really sexy, but if someone went in to kiss you and blew air down your throat, that'd be some pretty bad kissing. Wait, is that not how you kiss? I'd be into that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, you can do. I don't know if you guys learned this. There's that you can kiss and like breathe through their mouths. Uh, you no, could, Alex. This is a no. This was like a thing that this is like a thing teenagers <laughs> did when I was in high school. This was like a fun game. It was like you know you can actually. This is a thing. Yeah, this was the thing that kids did at my high school. That you heard about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you didn't. You didn't. Oh no, do I've it. done it. Yeah. Every, this is a thing that kids were doing. Alex, you're the precursor to the choking game. Yeah. No, it's is not. This, okay, no, this are, is 10 years you, after the choking game. Um, are there a lot of drowning kids? Really? No, you can. It's it's that the way your air passages work, you can actually get air. Like, you can both breathe. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's true. And someone listening like knows what I'm talking about. All right. Sounds like a con. Sounds like someone would come up to you in a bar and tell you that, did you know that humans I've been there. Ability? I've done it. I've done it. I assume it's taking air in through your nose. Anyway. That's this is too far in, and I feel bad about it. I'm grimacing. I just have to have you know that this probably won't make anything better either. But I will tell you that my first kiss was underwater, and so well, this was especially fine. exciting. That's why you like the mermaid. Could be there was no, and there was no breathing. There was just it was just normal underwater kissing, flailing. Wait, do your are your gills just for show then? Uh, they're uh, it is more sexual than for breathing. Oh, decals. <laughs> yeah, they're decals. <laughs> Uh, yeah um, and I also did like the adult stuff didn't I didn't notice the time and that's a good for a movie holding up for me from a kid to now is like does it have stuff that I missed then that I appreciate more now and like you said oh, Kay, it definitely does. oh yeah 
Oh, one, yeah. of the, one of my favorite things is me saying flogging instead of fucking. <laughs> yeah. Like so good. Yeah. It's such a good fuck. Um, Analog uh, replacement. Substitute. Yeah. Substitute. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't even thought of it. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have caught that as a kid. Um, I, I don't know, man. I love it. I was, I came into it wary because I had such affection and then I just found out people hate it and I was like oh I don't know how I feel about you anymore Huck. I was shocked when I found out last week that Anthony hated it it's I don't really think a lot of people so hate it it's hurt our, fr- yeah. hurt our friendship for sure it's uh it's like the same feelings that I had when I was a kid and I think that's a Spielberg thing yeah. too we're like oh you can capture the imagination and heart of children and adults alike yeah. <laughs> you fantastical little hat wearing nymph (laughs) also i i love that they casted you as a pirate i think it's time (laughs) for us (laughs) i didn't totally appreciate that it was dustin hoffman before but the fact that fucking dustin hoffman like one of our predominant jewish figureheads Uh is out there being a pirate which is like such a waspy seeming i mean not waspy but it seems like such a white thing to be a pirate <laughs> and then the idea that they're like yeah let's cast a jew as a pirate i'm um, all about that i but don't feel like i can riff on this at all i'm sorry i'm sure it's a great there's, point it's, there's <laughs> riff away friend it's all positive it's you're uncomfortable because you're not used to anyone saying anything nice about the jews i understand <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what to do. Uh, so I want to play a, qu- <laughs> a quick game called Aftermath, which is um, the. I just want to like. I like to imagine what the next uh, five minutes, five days, and five months is like for all these people who are in the movie, not the actors, the characters. So um, this movie seems especially perfect for this because, like, uh, one of you mentioned. He does, I think Katie, you mentioned this. He does kiss a bunch of women who are not his wife. Yeah, and uh, every woman who is not his wife. Yes, <laughs> but used to kind of be his wife. Wendy was sort of his kid wife. Uh, Yeah. But so, yeah, so he has to come back and explain, look, not only, so I rescued the children, so good on me. Yeah. They were taken by pirates. I murdered one of the pirates. I became the new dad to a bunch of kids, got the kids back, kissed every woman on the way. How was your Christmas? Like, it feels like a lot for him. Do you think that this marriage, do you think there's any chance this marriage works out after all this? I don't know if she's going to believe it. She's the only one in the family who has not been in Neverland. That's true. Point. She's a she's a, a nomad. Yeah, yeah feel, there's no yeah. I feel like she's gonna. It's going to be this thing where like they have a really good memory, the three of them, and she feels left out. So she's going to act out in some way. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, she seems like that kind of wife. It also would be so suspicious if you were like, "Here's where I was, honey," and then the kids back up your story, even though it's weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, something creepy's happening here. Well, yeah, and the kids are like, a guy died, Rufio. And they're like, yeah, but I mean, we can't do anything about that now. You know, like, what are you going <laughs> to... We just left his body on the pirate ship. What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, very I feel like the explain. kids grappling with death for the first time is a little glossed over. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The fact that, like, it, it, like everyone else was fighting with, with goop and eggs and stuff, and Rufio got stabbed... Yeah. That's a rough uh, thing for them to experience. Also, like, uh, how is a uh, um, how is his job going to handle? Does he get to go back to his job? He buried the cell phone. He lost the deal, but like, he does have to make a living at some point. He can't just be a a Peter Pan forever for a living. So, does he go back to work? <laughs> 
But wait, what would that look like? What would a Peter Pan for a living be in the real I mean, world? I mean, I guess the thing, he, he can fly, so like, surely he could do something with that. Can he fly in the real world? Well, he flew out the window, right? And when he was Peter Pan yeah. as a kid, he used to fly into the window. So True. clearly he could do like a magic Does levitation. Does he need pixie thing. dust, though? You might need pixie dust. Oh, yes. You've got to find a supply of, of that. Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, he just gets into drugs. Like, trying to fly. Yeah. Well, honestly go through something that intense and like nothing else and it's like being in war you come back and you're like true. nothing else can top that experience absolutely oh yeah he's never going to be able to adjust to just normal stuff now yeah do you, how do you think the war is going to go between Thudbutt and his lost boys versus captain smee smee oh smee jumped ship didn't he head out i mean he, he was running those... away with all the jewels but i think maybe once captain hook is murdered and he is like the next in in yeah. secession he might it's come back insane. take the throne He's a strong leader. I think he's he actually, he's a, he's, yeah, he's like a weasel, but he's probably like more organized than the captain. No, but is the weasel of your weasel my, my weasel, my friend, you know? I have your that weasel, tattooed my on friend. my back. <laughs> it's, it, mine is just a decal like the um, gills, but it, it's there. Uh, I think that would be kind of, I like, I would like to see Thudbutt's Lost Boys. I feel like maybe it would involve slightly less uh, skateboarding. He seems like maybe more of a video games kind of kid. Yeah, the, when the kids were dunking while skateboarding, it was just such a dream. Like it was. <laughs> oh, that is cool. All right, a one. I mean, this is, this is. Do we have time for this? Um, I'll do this real quick. Okay, so one last game for landing bonus round is. Uh, uh, this is the Wikipedia name game. So Wikipedia has this fun thing where they have. Um, I should have said that with more conviction. The Wikipedia name game. So Woo! Wikipedia has this fun thing where they categorize stuff that I never would have thought of, and one thing that they have is uh, for hook it is see also list of films featuring miniature people no so without oh like tinkerbell without, oh, i love it without clicking on it without anybody looking this up i want to okay. see can you which of you two can name more films with miniature people oh so uh, just back and forth yeah we'll just do back and forth um and uh i have a list so i can't really play Although I, a couple of these would have come to my mind right away, but a couple of them wouldn't. So uh, let's just see. How, let's let's do a quick round. Katie, you start. Okay. What's a film featuring a miniature person besides Hook? Uh, the bow, the borrowers. Oh, the borrowers! Absolutely, yeah. All all three versions of that. Is that in there? Yes, it is on this list. Yes. It has three uh, versions: seventy three, ninety seven, and two thousand eleven. Were all featured on this list? Miniature. Uh, Thumbelina. Thumbelina, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Very unsettling, Don Bluth movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know if um, I don't know if I've. Uh, it was, it was I've animated. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know if I've seen it though. I'm... Oh, oh it's, it's really good. Is that it? era of like animated films are all like still dark. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. It's no Land Before Time though. <laughs> no. Also, Thumbelina no. is not on this list, but I'll still give it to you because it's li- She's clearly very true. small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other miniature people, Katie. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Sure, yeah, classic. And I'm not going to let... We won't do sequels. So yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Uh, both on here. Good one. Phoebe. Uh, Indian in the Cupboard? That's a book, but they made a movie yeah. of it. Didn't yeah, they? Indian in the Cupboard, 1995 you, uh, film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good one, too. Um, I haven't seen that movie, but I did love that book, so I wonder if I would like this movie. I just like the concept. Yeah, I guess that's what I like is the concept. I don't know if the mo- yeah. book would hold up. Mm-hmm. Directed by Frank Oz. Yeah. Uh, Katie. Uh, Secret Life of Arietti. Uh, I have not heard of this. Is that the adjective? Look for Arietti. A-R-R-I-E. No. 
not on this list, but I, I believe you. What is Secret Life of Arietti? It's animated. Um, I think it must be, honestly, it must be based on an idea like Indian in the Cupboard or The Borrowers, but it's about small oh, people who live in, is this who a, live in big people world. Yeah, this is an anime. Um, yeah, I think it's Studio Ghibli. Yeah, it is Studio Ghibli. Look at you. Um, no, yeah, it, it looks very much like The Borrowers. I've seen I've seen things for this before, but I've never actually seen it. Yeah, It doesn't mention it, though, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But tiny people. Uh, Phoebe. Oh, man. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fern Gully is also... <laughs> and she's little in a big world, too. So that's an extra sort of little. fairy? She, yeah, she thinks she, him. She's like a tiny person, I thought. Well, I, I mean, Tinkerbell is a fairy too, so I don't know if that. So if this if this counts, that counts. Yeah, this list yeah. needs Wikipedia needs more stuff on here. <laughs> uh, you, we could all add it somewhere later. Um, yeah. But yeah, good one, Katie. Would this count? It's not a tiny person, but it has the same dynamic. BFG. No, that doesn't count at all. That's a That's normal person and a giant person. But she becomes a tiny person. She goes to the land of the giants. But she stays the same size. Yeah, no, Everyone else is big. I'm not going to give yeah. you that one. Also, we need to end the game, so that's a perfect way. We're gonna, okay. I'm going to call it. Uh, so Phoebe is the, <laughs> the queen of the little people. Yeah, always. Um, so many good things on here, too. Alice in Wonderland, obviously. Gulliver's Travels. Oh, yeah, obviously. No, but Gulliver's Travels is the same thing as BFG. He's this... He's no, the same size. He's the same he size, goes but to he's, different lands. One land they're smaller than him. One yes. land they're bigger than the him. The Lilliputians oh, you're are right. tiny. You're right. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ant Man, obviously. No. Um, uh, oh, the Big Lebowski is listed here, included in the uh, um, dream sequence. Uh, I don't I, think this list. Yeah. I don't trust it. I mean, yeah. It's grasping for straws. <laughs> yeah. Mulholland Drive. What? Who is small uh, and There's a nightmare scene. Oh. Uh, yeah, anyway, this is, this is fun. Good job, you guys. Uh, and Phoebe, <laughs> yeah, great game, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to... The, the, the weird thing is when you play a game like that on a podcast, everyone at home thinks... Of, what you do is you think of the one, and then you're just mad at them for not saying it, but you didn't have to say the 10 other ones they did say. So I'm sure yeah. everyone's going to be like, why didn't you mention this one? I feel their fury from yeah, the future yeah. and across the <laughs> across the globe. So if mm-hmm. that game sucked, you can suggest better ones. Go to readersweep.com slash next and you can see our upcoming Wait. episode and uh, tell us what games we should play about it. That is it for our show. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We will be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about Battleship, the 2012 movie yeah. that is going to blow it, wet bro. month out of the water. Um, and having just watched... Wait, no. Jumanji is a game based on a movie about a game, but this is a movie about a game. Uh, this is like one of the, the first of the Hasbro movies, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I have no idea why everyone wanted us to watch it, but I'm into it. Um, Wait, you're saying it's a movie based on a game? Yeah, the game Battleship. Battleship? Oh, ba- oh, okay. I thought I was thinking Jumanji. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Jumanji, there is a game based on the movie about yeah, yeah, the game, yeah. but the game wasn't real. Um, but uh, Battleship is just based on a game that seems like it doesn't have a lot of plot to it. So uh, the tagline is "We're out of ideas." <laughs>
Uh, I I would love it to be like the twist is that one of the ships is diagonal and is disqualified. That's <laughs> uh, so that's all next week. Uh, thank you to all of me buddies for voting. Um, we may have one more for this month. I, I haven't figured out the schedule exactly. We might have one more. So you can still go in and vote. Uh, see if you want to have something else pass Little Mermaid. Otherwise, it'll be Little Mermaid. Um, and thanks for our new meet buddy, Leah from Kansas City. And to everybody who sponsors the show, um, redistrict.com slash meet buddies. Uh, thanks. Uh, Anthony is already gone. Thanks at Phoebe Bottoms. Thank you, Alex. I forgot to mention this up top. We've talked about it on the show before, but uh, host of Meatball Party. Yes, please listen to my food podcast, Meatball Party, with uh, two other hungry meatballs. And we talk about food, and it's a good time. Uh, have you done a show about Olive Garden? Katie would listen. Oh, boy, that's next. We should do a breadstick. Well, one of our co-hosts, uh, co-hosts is a Italian sort of chef gentleman. I oh. just described him as though I've never met him before. Or met life. a person before. I don't know. <laughs> you mean An a Italian chef? Italian chef gentleman man, friend. <laughs> I don't He's know. He's a what human person. <laughs> I'm actually a bunch of cicadas wearing a jacket. I don't know what things are. Uh, he is, he's actually a rat on top of an Italian chef That's driving it. it's, him. It's just pizza rat. I do a podcast with a pizza rat. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway. This is your party. podcast if you so like. Yeah, if you like, if you like Phoebe, you will like, or food, or both, you will like Meatball Party. Um, also, we talk about meat a lot on the show, but not really. We just mention it, but actual meatballs on that show yeah we gotta do a crossover um uh well i would be so into a crossover we could watch the thing about food and then talk about the food in it we could have an actual food fight all right anyway lots of ideas for later (laughs) um uh, and at kt nuggin on twitter and and insta and all the places thank you for having me alex thank you so much for doing the shows really i really appreciate it all right uh that's it we'll talk to everybody next week goodbye good night